Stacy V here, and you're listening to a series of romantic events, where I give you my feedback and rundown of a different romance novel series every two weeks. For our 10th episode, we'll head back to the Bridgerton series by Julia Quinn to finish off what we started. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Now I know what you're thinking, Stacy. it's been like a month, you said two weeks, we finished the series, you lied to me. Uh, well, okay. So like I had a huge death in my family, one, uh, and that was impactful but also during that I caught COVID and the last thing you needed was to hear me coughing at you directly (laughs) through my microphone and into your ear so I I saved you like you're welcome you can thank me later Uh, but back to the podcast and the Julia Quinn of it all so the the funny thing is and I I guess you can just say it's interesting um, is that my fiance whenever he watches a tv series he's always like okay now they have three episodes to impress me and if I'm not impressed but a third episode stays there are other things out there there are other things to watch I don't have to tie myself to this right so I have decided since that I'm going to take the same approach with books, right? Because we have all these series that have eight books, nine books, 10 books. And if the book is not good, if the books are not good, then I'm not going to waste your time. I'm not going to waste my own time. If I'm not interested, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to wash my hands of it. We get three books in. If it's not great, we're going to turn it off. Um, and based off of that, you can probably tell where this is going. So I, we, we went over the first four books in the, in, in the first podcast. And as we read the fifth book and then got into the sixth one, I just, I couldn't keep going. I just, I, I couldn't finish it. I was not very happy with the first four books um, and, and just kind of her approach to how she treats things. I mean, and I, and I feel like I, I didn't talk about this enough um, in the first podcast, but but how I, I didn't like that Daphne basically raped Simon in the first one. I didn't like that there was this weird like level of violence in that second book where t- to the point that the guy was kicking the girl under the table. I didn't like that. And I just, I just, I was not really attracted to the way that Julia Quinn portrayed love. That's not to say that the books were not enjoyable and that other people didn't enjoy him because hey if you love him you love him cool but for me and, and the new thing I'm probably going to do now because uh my, my college roommate also talked about this like how if I don't like a book then why why would I sit through you talking about how awful these books were you didn't like him you didn't like him move on move away so what I will do is talk to you about like the different things that I wasn't super happy about and just kind of the things that kind of turned me off so the biggest thing that I think that I didn't like was Violet right so in the beginning I love Violet right and she, she's the mother of the Bridgertons I liked her because they said oh you know she was super in love with her husband and they had all these children and they were just super happy to be together but then we turn around to these nights where she's supposed to be talking to her daughters about what they can expect from a sexual experience and every single time she just fails and flails like it's just awful to the point that okay fine it could be cute it could be understandable if you hadn't been so in love with your husband, if you hadn't had eight children. And so now you don't even, you're you're not giving them enough to go on. And it's almost like the plot of the first book wouldn't, not even almost, it is exactly like the plot of the first book wouldn't have happened had Violet actually told Daphne what to expect in the bedroom. And on top of all that, Violet was very much, oh, my kids are going to all have love matches. And this is what I want for them because this is what I have with my husband. And oh, how I love him. So just, just, just this whole thing. And I never remarried and I just loved him. So you would think that that would be important for her to say, like, here's how it feels when you really love somebody. Here are the things you can expect. And she just wasn't like that. She just flailed all over the place. And so by the time we got to Eloise's story, 
um, which was, you know, book is, is book five. And I, let me, hold on, let me, let me get you the, let me get you the title, get you right. So, so to Sir Philip with love when Eloise kind of ran off. Now I liked that Eloise had kind of depended on Penelope to say like, Hey, we're both going to be Spencers for forever. And the moment Penelope got married, like Eloise got scared, right? I don't want to live by myself. I don't want to be by myself. And that she had already met everybody in the town so much that she's like, no, it's not going to be any of these guys because I've known them for too long. I know exactly what they have to offer. I'm not interested. So when Eloise kind of ran off um, with this guy that she had been writing back and forth and he said, oh, you know, I'm looking for a wife. Please show up. Please help me out. And she just kind of took off. I understood it. But what I didn't understand is like she just ran off and nobody noticed. Right. It's not like all it's not like all of her kids were still kids at this point. Right. She had a watchful eye and knew where everybody was. And this girl's just kind of sending off sending off messages. Nobody knows. OK, fine. So she runs off. She meets Sir Philip. He has these two twin kids and we're introduced to like this life about how he his his um his wife who's now dead was very unhappy, very depressed and she basically killed herself, right? So she 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 tried to drown herself. He'd saved her life, but she um uh died from pneumonia a couple of days later, right? So technically the drowning is what killed her even though she didn't die of the directly from drowning fine and so he had these kids and he didn't really talk to them didn't really try to raise them and the book didn't do a really good job of explaining to me how it is that he got over that right oh Eloise shows up I understood that she had younger siblings and older siblings so she understood how to deal with kind of unruly children because she both was one and had siblings that are that way fine but when you talk to me about how oh you know what it's time for me to take a, a bigger part of raising my kids um cool fine wonderful but their mother even when she was alive you still weren't like this right you just you just weren't and so for you to say well I walked in and I saw them being beaten with a book this is the first time you've ever seen that you never even bothered to go up there and now out of nowhere I just the, the the way they grew his character I I didn't quite understand and they didn't really help me to understand it right I wish that the correspondence between them had been the beginning of the chapters right in the same way that Lady Whistledown's um 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 different entries were at the beginning of chapters in previous books that would have been useful to me because you're telling me they had these correspondence and he was just so interested and she was also so interested and then she showed up and he had nothing to say now I get it was unexpected. I understand him being kind of like flabbergasted, like you didn't say you were coming. Okay. But to kind of have this face-to-face conversation that didn't, that didn't seem to bring out, well, I mean, <laughs> I guess we have no idea what the correspondence was like. So we don't know what to expect in their relationship. And we don't even get like a hint of that. I think they only did one of those where like you could see the direct correspondence to understand this relationship they had with each other. And uh, my fiance was super excited about this. He, he really wanted to hear about Eloise because in the show, he thought she was super interesting. And then you get to this book and you're like, okay, she's wonderful. He has to be a pretty great person himself. I wonder how they're going to go about this. I wonder what correspondence it took to get Eloise to come out of her box. But instead of giving me that, instead of helping me to understand or helping me to grow to understand him or see just, just, just a realer side of him from Eloise's perspective to understand why she would want to run away to go meet this guy. Instead of doing that, we didn't do that. Instead we got, oh, like my kids are acting up. They're always acting up. And, and then we got Eloise taking him out to swim and him overreacting and trying to rip him out of the water because this is how your mother died, even though technically not how she died. It was just all slightly messy. And then the, and then the brothers, the brothers Bridgerton show up, you know, to kind of confront him and Eloise, where have you been? And it took us forever to find you. I'm like, okay, cool. So how long had she been missing before you guys found this note and came out here? Seems like it took you a while. 
And then you say, oh, well, now she has to marry him. And and my biggest problem with these books is like this, this idea of like, oh, you have to marry him. And then the woman or whoever just not realizing that that was the case, you ran off to be alone with some guy and didn't have a chaperone. Why are you out here? What are you doing? Oh, I needed a moment to myself. So I stole away to the garden so I wouldn't have to take a chaperone. Cool. And then some dude came out. Cool. So you're going to marry him now. Well, I just don't really think that's necessary. I really don't see. And, and it's just, it's so weird to me because you know the rules or, or is this old Violet showing her butt again, where Violet just doesn't tell you the reasons that things are happening? Because if that is the case, and I definitely understand, but then again, that means that she raised incompetent children and who wants, who who wants to read about incompetent children who can't seem to stay out of gardens or places where they will be alone and possibly found by a man? It happens over and over again. And whether it be with the hero of the story where he's sucking bee venom out of her or trying to, or whether it be her being out there alone and then someone coming up to her who could possibly do her harm and then the hero showing up either way you'd think that these girls would talk to their sisters about it you'd think that there would be some sort of conversation you'd think that there would be some sort of like um um wariness as books go on or as you meet more people to say maybe I shouldn't be alone but it seems like and and not to call Julia a one-note author but it just seems very one note to me like okay they're alone okay perfect can you can you not do that? Can you have one girl be smart enough to not do that and just to kind of naturally want to marry someone and then marry them and it just be like a good story? You have eight chances. We have eight stories to get this right. And yet we didn't. So then the next book, which was When He Was Wicked, and we got we got about halfway through that. So this is, and, and it's a trope that I really like. The, the thing that kind of disappoints me is when she, when, when she does something that I normally like, but in her very specific case, in this very specific situation, she just can't seem to tell it in a way that I would enjoy it, right? So Francesca, who was one of the, um, you know, one of the Bridgertons, we never really hear that much about her because by the time, I think it was the third book or the second book, somewhere in there, she's already married off to her first husband. She really liked him. She was in love with him. He was in love with her. They had like, you know, relationship that people dream of. And that's great. It was wonderful. Um, But then he had a cousin and the cousin was basically, basically if this guy died, he would be the guy in charge, right? He he would win everything, but he, he didn't resent his cousin. He loved his cousin, but he also was in love with Francesca, his cousin's wife, which, wow, what, what a wonderful story. Fine. Wonderful. So Francesca, and this guy, they would go on walks, they would have deep talks, but it was fine because he knew and 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 her husband knew like, oh, nothing's going to happen. Nothing is going to become of this. Like, it's totally fine that they have this really close friendship because she's my wife and I trust her and he's my cousin and I trust him. Perfectly fine. So then the guy dies. Okay, he's dead. And now he's going to be the new, part. like he's, he's, he's going to take over. Fine. Wonderful. He's going to take over. And now the issue is that if he takes over, what happens to Francesca? And it's a wonderful question to answer, right? Because she no longer holds the title because if he's going to be like the Baron, she can't be the Baroness, right? Perfect. Then he just kind of runs away and no one's supposed to ask any questions. Nothing's supposed to come of it. He just kind of runs away to India. Okay. And he spends years out there and then Francesca just kind of takes up the title and you're like, oh, okay. I mean, I, I, I thought, I, I thought this wasn't a okay. Fine. He runs away. He shows back up to his house where she now lives, and they're both kind of like, oh, like we can't be alone here together because, duh, I'm not married. You're not married. 
anything can be said to be have happened between us. And I'm like, okay, but, but in this specific situation, wouldn't be, wouldn't the best thing be for you guys to just marry each other? Like you're not dating anybody. He's not dating anybody. You haven't really given me an obstacle. I get that. Like, oh, like this is my cousin's wife. And you know, now I really am just replacing him wholeheartedly in every facet of the word. Fine. That is a perfectly good excuse as to why you wouldn't date her. But to explain to me why you ran off, just, just ran off and, and totally, you know, slipped your title and nothing happened as a result. Like no one called you, no one wanted anything because Francesca was handling it and people just kind of allowed her to handle it. I find that very hard to believe. And so now Violet kind of shows up on occasion, you know, to check in on her and see how she's doing or whatever. And then his parents show up and his cousin's parents show up and then everyone's basically just like super supportive. But <clears throat> my issue was, okay, if this is what we're doing, why is this book taking so long to get there, right? You set up the premise. I care about both characters. I want them both to be happy with each other. I understand that she loves him like a brother and that he's been in love with her for forever. And I understand that she's going to get to that point eventually. But my issue and like my overall issue with all of these books is that like you get to the halfway mark and there's not even a hint that that's where it's going, right? Or you get to the halfway mark and they're already married, but the, it's still not a hint that that's where this is going. It's like they've been married out of force because someone was alone again. Shocker. Uh, someone was alone again. They had to force to get married and who knows where this is going. I'm like, but this is, this is supposed to be the climactic part, right? This is supposed to be the point where I'm like, oh, they're really into each other. I wonder where this is going to go, right? What, what's going to be the thing that kind of tears them apart? But in on all of these books, like you get to the middle point, they're either married or not at all. And you have no idea about where this is going, how it's going. Do they both realize they like each other? Is this going to turn out positive for each other? Are they married to each other and you just kind of hate the relationship? Like, like I did um, way back with Penelope, where they kind of found each other. And, you know, it's, it, it's revealed that, that she's Lady Whistledown. And then you go, okay, perfect except it's not perfect because her now husband doesn't like it and he's upset by it. And instead of kind of going through that to see, you know, why doesn't he like it? Why is this an issue? What is the issue that he's having? They just kind of brush over it and he's like, you know what? No, I'm so proud of you. I'm in love with you. Nothing feels earned in the series, right? Nothing feels earned because by the time, in, in the time it takes to earn feeling and the time it takes to learn that this person is indeed a person you're in love with or that they should love you back, by the time you learn that or by the time you earn that feeling, it's, we're like 80% in. Because like I said, 50% in, we had no feelings for each other. We were getting married out of convenience and maybe just like a hint of I'm interested or somebody's in love, somebody's in love with the other person, but they're kind of not interested or kind of, kind of an awful person. You get 80% in and they finally learn backslash earn this love from the other person. And then you just kind of wrap up the book. And I'm like, Ugh, no, none of this feels deserved. I still, I will go to my grave telling you that Daphne never deserved Simon and still doesn't, right? Her entire idea, and this was back in the first book, her entire ideal, and, and it, it it colored the rest of the books for me because now I'm like, well, if Julia thinks that this girl deserves this guy, then there, there must be something wrong with all these other couples, right? And now, now I'm just looking for, you know, <laughs> the fly in the buttermilk at this point, right? Daphne is convinced that um, 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 that Simon not wanting kids is the problem. And that like, once he has a family, then he'll be happy. And so she rapes him and you're like, but, 
Children are not the key to happiness. And also, even if they are, there is no point at which this is okay, right? 0% is this okay. And so now when you filter into the second book or even the third book, right, we talk about Benedict and how he didn't recognize this girl that he was supposed to be in love with. And you're like, oh, oh, okay. But if you were so in love with her and it took, it literally took her being blindfolded before you realized it was her. No, nope. Don't like that either. Um, or, or we talk about Penelope's story and how she was overweight and it took her losing weight, which, okay, fine. Like may, maybe some guys like him smaller, but it took her losing weight. And then when they went through the storyline of how he discovered that he liked her back, now you're like, okay, but you haven't given me anything, right? It wasn't like she got smaller. So he looked at her and then he slowly realized all the things in the past that kind of brought him to that. Nope. It was just skip. She's smaller. I must have grown and become a different person. Mm, skip. Don't, I really don't think that's what happened. Or Eloise, where she had, there was such, such a great buildup of, you know what? I just really thought that she would be a spinster and then I would be a spinster and we wouldn't have to worry about such things and I'll just be able to grow with her. You set it up wonderfully. And and you gave me this teaser of this relationship between she and Philip and didn't, didn't, didn't pay it off. Just kind of fluffed it up. Same thing with Francesca. Oh, like they have, they have this really good brother, sister relationship. And so we just, I... I couldn't bring myself to finish it off. I, I read those first, uh, what is it, six? I read those first six and I thought, you know what? No, life, life is too short to read bad books. So I'm not, I mean, and Julia Quinn had already been kind of stricken from my future record anyway, because there are just certain things where if it happens in a book, I just, I, I, I strike off the author because I'm like, you know what? There are certain things that I just can't get past. Um, and I, I think one of my biggest examples, well, for Julia Quinn, it's, it's her, it was, it was her consistency in another book where she couldn't seem to get her timeline straight. So one moment she'd say it was 10 years ago. The next moment she'd say it, when, it was when the character was 11, but the character is like 25 and you're like, okay, what are you doing? And so like this, this obvious like back and forth of like, I have no sense of consistency. I have no sense of like, oh, this is firmly rooted in what time frame it is. It's kind of what turned me off from her in the beginning. But because the show was coming out, I thought, you know what? We'll take a chance. We'll read the book. Lesson learned. All right. Never again. <laughs> that won't be happening again. Um, but it was, it was it was a very interesting experience. And I, I do have some historical romances that I do like, right? Um, and so that, that was my other thing, too. Because I had a lot of people tell me, like, oh, well, Stacey, like, this is what the time was like. That the girls felt restraint. They felt like they, they couldn't be alone. And so they would sneak off and be alone by themselves. I'm like, cool. But we have other authors who do this in a way where it doesn't seem like the characters aren't learning lessons from people who are supposed to be super close to them, right? The, all they talk about is how the Bridgertons are such good relatives and how they're so close especially in the first one when you get like Daphne's super buddy buddy with her brothers and she's just really close with her family members so as these things happen especially when you start talking to me about how Anthony is out here sucking bee venom out of somebody because because of something that happened to his father right so now you're telling me that they do absolutely learn from their experiences only to say well no they don't no they don't not at all they don't learn they shouldn't be alone, even though if every one of their sisters gets burned by being alone. No one learns that lesson. Or Violet, who had eight kids, well, she doesn't really learn what it takes, you know, in, in order to be pleasing in the bedroom. And she doesn't really learn what it is she should tell her kids, right? She gives us a story about how her mom didn't tell her anything. I'm like, that's cool. But your mom wasn't you, right? You also didn't tell me that, you, that, that Violet's parents had a love match. You also didn't tell me that Violet's parents had eight children you didn't say any of that so you tell me your mom told you way less 
tells me nothing. Give me more. So at the end of it, Julia Quinn just left me wanting more. I just, I, I wanted more and I also wanted different. Um, so it, it, if you're into Julia Quinn, if you really like the shows, I, the show, I would say, yes, read the books because it gives you clarity about some things that, that the show puts forth. And the more books you read, the more you'll understand the show because there are characters who get introduced that aren't really introduced until later on in the books. And so, and so it, it really does help you understand what's happening. If that's your thing, get into it. Um, but as far as me, I'm probably, I'm not even probably, I'm definitely not going to finish the series and I'm not keeping the books and I'm not reading the epilogues and, or the spinoffs or just apparently the Bridgertons are like a huge thing. Like there are all these books or all these spinoffs or all these just like side notes because they're so popular. So if you want to read them, read them. There's some good stuff in there. There's some really good tropes that she mentions. It just wasn't for me. Read it. Let me know what you think. But that's it for me this week. And I mean it this time. You join me back here in two weeks and we will be reading the Love After series by Alexandria House.